This week on Geek Explained, we're wrapping up our month-long spotlight series with an instant classic. And I'm not alone. I'm joined by my book club brethren Malcolm Russell Nelson and Jacob Brown to put the Geek Explained spotlight on Daniel Warren Johnson's Beta Ray Bill. Hey, this is Jason Aaron, writer of The Mighty Thor, and you're listening to the Geeksplain Podcast. Ah, how cool is that? Oh, man. Oh, I'm still buzzing about it. Uh, welcome back to Geeksplained. I am your host, Eric Azana, and today's episode is the final installment of our month-long Spotlight series, where every single week of the month of August to celebrate my birthday, I've been diving into a different book and just telling you about why it's so great. And this week, we are getting into a book that I was obsessed with last year and rereading it i'm still obsessed with it it's beta ray bill by daniel warren johnson and mike spicer and this one's gonna be a little bit special because we're sending off the spotlight series in style by bringing in my book club boys malcolm russell nelson and jacob brown to sit down with me and talk about why the book is so great you can see it as maybe an extra extra epilogue for our days of thunder series that we just wrapped up over on the geek Explained book club and this will i guess be a preview for our geek explained book club if you don't regularly listen to it so that's what the main meat of the episode is going to be about we of course also have this week's comics countdown where i'll chat you up about all the comics you should be checking out this week so stay tuned after the jump for that but for now let's roll right on into the main event the main course the entree if you will as i alongside malcolm russell nelson and jacob Brown put the Geek Explained spotlight one last time for the month of August on Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer's Beta Ray Bill. I am a lost boy from Neverland, usually hanging out with Peter Pan. And when we're bored, we play in the woods, always on the run from Captain Hook. Run, run, lost. Lost boys like me, and lost boys like me are free. Neverland is home to lost boys like me, and lost boys like me are free. Y'all ready for some sad boy hours? In our final installment of the month-long Spotlight series for the podcast, we are diving into a book that is near and dear to my heart, and I've been saying that a lot this month. I've been covering a lot of books that mean a lot to me, and this one is no different. It's a book that I instantly fell in love with. It's a book that I had no idea I was going to love as much as I did, and it is an all-timer, an instant classic. It is Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer's Beta Ray Bill. But 
since this is the last installment of our month-long spotlight series where every single week i'm covering a different book that means a whole heck of a lot to me i'm not alone i brought with me two men who i would go into the depths of hell to find the twilight sword since last week we didn't have a uh geek explained book club I wanted to bring in the book club boys. So joining me in talking about Beta Ray Bill as a special after the after the thunder of our Days of Thunder book series. Days of Thunder will never end. I am joined by first off, he is the executioner that cannot be executed. It's Malcolm Russell Nelson. Uh yeah, I oddly enough, I, I don't love guns, but I love a big gun. And he is our vessel turned into the form of a man. It's Scuttlebutt Jacob Brown. Hey, buddy. Where are we going? <laughs> Gentlemen, we're talking about uh, Beta Ray Bill, and we're doing a, I guess you could call it like a, a preview of the Geek Explain Book Club for those of you who aren't, uh, aren't regularly listening to it. How dare you? But yeah. Yes, these uh, these gentlemen, my amazing friends, are with me every single Friday for the Geek Explained Book Club, where we've been going through all kinds of books. Our first season last year was on Invincible, from cover to cover, from issue to issue, from volume to volume. Uh, this year, we've covered, we just recently wrapped up the Days of Thunder, where we went through every single issue of Jason Aaron's Thor. And this coming Friday, we're continuing with season two of Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, uh, baby. Lots to look forward to. Lots to look forward to. But yeah, uh, gentlemen, Jacob, you're gonna hate it. You're gonna <laughs> yeah, hate it. I'm very excited. I'm really excited. <laughs> but Spider-Man is for Spidey Fridays. This episode, we are talking Beta Ray Bill by Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer. Uh, gentlemen, I want to ask: Do you remember the first time you picked up this book, and did you have any expectations going into it? I'll go with uh, Malcolm first. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I guess I should say for listeners who don't listen to the main feed or to the main feed. <laughs> oh, uh, whoopsie. Uh, <laughs> Let's see where his priorities cut, are. Cut that out. Cut that out. <laughs> don't worry. I'll edit it out for sure. I'll definitely edit it. <laughs> Double it. <laughs> definitely. Uh, for <laughs> listeners who don't listen to the Geeks Wayne Book Club, uh, I work at a comic shop, so uh, I I read this as part of a the King and Black tie-ins because I was really enjoying King and Black, surprisingly, and I really like Beta Ray Bill. Um, but I went into this very hesitant because I was not a big Danny Warren Johnson guy. I did not connect with Extremity at all. I thought that Murder Falcon was like pretty okay. Um, it was the most that I connected with something from him. I think Murder Falcon had like some pretty interesting ideas, but I'm not like a metal guy. So like a lot of it was lost on me, but I like the emotional core of it. And I like Beta Ray Bill as a character a lot. I think he's super interesting and there's an emotional core that you don't get enough with that character. So coming off of Murder Falcon, I was like, okay, there might be something interesting there. Um, let's try this out. The first issue is a King and Black tie-in. Uh, it's got a banger of a cover. Yeah. Uh, with with Fing Fang Foom, Fing uh, Foom possessed a nullified Fin Fang Foom on the front. Um, yeah. So I I wanted to give it a shot. Uh, and oh boy. <laughs> what about you, Jacob? 
Uh, I was just glad that there was more Beta Ray Bill. I, I went whole hog like into this because of just how that that the, 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 there, there there really isn't um, a lot on Beta Ray Bill uh, in terms of comic because there's only like a few stories with him in it. And a lot of it was during the hype of uh, when he was created. Uh, uh, this, it was just refreshing. I, I, I love this character. I love the idea of an alien guy, of an alien guy uh, controlling the godlike powers of an of an earth per, of a completely different planet's god you know what i mean it's just an alien controlling earth's god's power you know it uh, it just seemed so cosmically hilarious and uh and eloquent for like something like that for me um so yeah i love beta red bell it's, it's one of my favorite things about it yeah, I, th I think one thing that we can all agree on is that Beta Ray Bill rules as a character. Beta Ray Bill rules. And I think it is fascinating that when they announced this Beta Ray Bill miniseries, it was stated right at the beginning, hey, the first issue is a tie-in to another event, and then the rest of the book has nothing to do with this. Has nothing to do. I mean, the first issue yeah. is barely a tie-in, to be yeah. honest. Like, it ties in for the opening sequence, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and from what I've heard in interviews, like initially, uh, Daniel Warren Johnson just wanted to do a Beta Ray Bill book, but yeah. there was no interest from Marvel until they basically said, well, can you do a tie-in to King and Black? And yeah. then the editor was like, and then you can do whatever you want. And then you can do whatever you want. <laughs> and he was just like, yeah. Absolutely, I can do that. Yeah, I'll tie in for six pages. That's fine. Literally not even half the issue. Yeah. It's incredible. It's just it feels the opening like, sequence. It's awesome. It feels like now you see me three. He pulled off the greatest heist. Whoa. And he would be magic. Great. He would be great to do it now you see me. Now you see me three in comic form. Incredible. Jesse Eisenberg, just like Lex Luthor. I'd be good. I'd actually I, I stand awesome. now. You see me so hard. Those movies are like awesome. <laughs> and he would probably inject the one thing that now you see me is missing. Pro wrestling. Yep. I want to see yep. Jesse Eisenberg hit a frog splash. Personally. <laughs> I think he would be incredible. That's the thing. This is, this is secretly just the wrestling and the feelings book. Which is why it's a book made especially for me. I mean, I love pro wrestling and I have a lot of feelings. Jesus, like, this is, I, I imagine, I didn't know high school Eric, but I imagine this is just high school Eric, right? This here. is high school Eric. This is, this is the high school emo Eric all the time and losing himself in pro wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he did. That's what he did. And I too was also uh, genetically modified in high school to have a horse face. It's true. Sure. Just, I always I'm, forget how tragic that like origin. You you did like, have a like. Forgive me, but Captain America. Don't you fuck. You did you did have a horse's ass on the back of your head for a while. Ah, <laughs> you did what? it, you son of a bitch. <laughs> what? Uh, no, he's just mad because I. Anyway, one day <laughs> on the bad. podcast we're gonna get into the story of how we met. Uh, it's, <laughs> oh my it's, god! It's it's a story that Jacob loves telling. Oh um, my God! That's not, what I was, that's not at all what I was referencing. I was referencing the fact that you had long hair during high school. That is also true. <laughs> that's what I, was I also had a mane. <laughs> you did have long hair in high school. I, I don't, I don't want, we do know. I that. love that. Okay, listener. Neither of these gentlemen knew me in high school, but they no. know distinct facts yeah. about me and yeah. details from high school. Yeah, yeah that's that's a, that's a part of the Eric canon. Yeah, we, yeah. we know that. <laughs> 
everybody, I everybody picked up the Marvel Masterworks of my high school. <laughs> run. I, I, haven't, I haven't read Madonna 265, but I know what happened. In Everyone remembers my Ditko era. It was not, <laughs> yes. it was not especially well written, but I did have glorious hair. I came. I came in after the second second season. That's what it yeah. was. No, oh, see, there you go. Okay. No, okay. he 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 actually came in after my uh, my five issue miniseries that rebooted, soft rebooted me for modern. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You came in in your uh, in your hoxpox years. Yeah, <laughs> not yet. I wasn't in my hoxpox years yet. Oh, was, okay. Okay. To be honest with you, I was closer to Utopia than hoxpox in those years. But okay, Ooh. okay, fair. But I mean, you you know, we we have, I like we Utopia. Got time. So Beta Ray Bill issue one. <laughs> chapter one. Listen, we talked. You don't listen to the uh, to the Geek Explain book club. This, this is, is all it is. This is what it really. Yeah. Literally, this is all it is. Um. So chapter one, we basically get again this tie-in sort of to King and Black, where it's a lot about going through Bill's uh, backstory while also dealing with the more immediate ramifications of the Donny Cates Thor run, which kicked things off by having him be a total dick to Beta Ray Bill for no reason. Yep. That first story arc, I think, is really interesting of Donny Cates' Thor. Because it's the The weakest part of Donny Cates' Thor? A, it's the weakest part, but B, it's also just Thor being the biggest asshole for literally no reason. No shade to Donny Cates. His his run's great. No no, no shade, no shade. But it's a complete reversion of that character yeah. and everything that he's learned up to that point in Jason Aaron's run. It's almost like, you know, arrogant Thor for the first time again. Like, yeah. He, like, he goes, fuck yeah. boy Thor without the charm. Well, A little he, bit. He goes full Odin, basically. Full he goes Odin. full Odin. Yeah. You never sucks. want to go full Odin. No, never, you never, never do. Go full Odin. You can never do that. <laughs> Though I will get say, awards like that. It's, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> No, I will say the scene that kind of kicks off Bill's journey in that in that run is so, so cool because Bill's there to basically be like, hey, what are you doing? And Thor, who has become the Herald of Galactus, is basically like, hey, shut up. And he they start fighting each other. And at one point, Thor throws Mjolnir and Bill, because he's Beta Ray Bill, catches Mjolnir catches and it. starts beating the hell out of Thor with it. Which is sick. Until mm-hmm. Thor gets his hands on Stormbreaker and then goes to put the hammer down, as the cool kids say, and mm-hmm. ends up shattering Stormbreaker on Mjolnir. So this story starts off, Bill is missing a piece of himself. He's missing Stormbreaker. It was shattered. It can't be reforged. I don't remember why it can't be reforged. Because Lord knows they've reforged Mjolnir enough times at this I point. I mean, yeah, they've literally reforged Mjolnir a grip of times. But they literally do it in the same run. Exactly. <laughs> but to sell this story, I think it was necessary that he couldn't just go back to having Stormbreaker. Jesus. I mean, that the panel of him like looking at his weapons wall, and oh. there's just like, the image of like where Stormbreaker lies on it, and he's just staring there at it. It's so good. Like... <laughs> It's so sad. That's it's that's so what sad. we call symbology. Mm, we love it. I you're gonna say sad boy moments. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that too. This whole this whole story is full of sad boy moments, oh, like yeah. the one that's immediately in the next page, yeah. where Bill has to uh, basically ready himself for battle alongside Sif, 
his former lover and mm-hmm. a very complicated relationship also ladies and gentlemen i reread it recently if you haven't lately go back and reread the journey into mystery sif issues they're great 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 book Catherine eminem crushing it on that character and i wish oh, she was good. that character absolutely agree so God, bill readies himself because he is after all the war master of yeah. asgard and it's pretty cool because he's like he has to wait or the war chief i guess he has to wait for uh basically sif to give him the the pep talk that he needs and then he steps out in front of all of asgard in i think inarguably his worst costume and tells everyone hey (laughs) yeah we're gonna go fight this thing and he gives this great speech right i love that he gives the morpheus speech from uh from matrix reloaded (laughs) he goes like i told you (laughs) (laughs) that tomorrow there will be no nullify dragon at our gate <laughs> isn't that worth fighting for isn't, isn't that worth, that worth dying, dying for? for hell yeah he you gives a real like morpheus speech which is fucking lawrence cool. fishburne doing voice work for beta ray bill would be incredible Yo, i mean he be... was a perfect silver surfer and yeah and you know what perfect beta ray bill. to do the mocap obviously yaya abdul mateen ii oh Okay. I mean, just get Yaya to be Vader Ray Bill. You know general. what? You're right. You're right. Like, I, because he does such I, a good. I want to see him with Stormbreaker or whatever the fuck they decide to call him in the MCU. Just yeah. whipping around, ready to like take off. And he just goes, Time to fly. Time and to he's. Fly. <laughs> fuck, <laughs> yes. fuck yes. God. I love we're we're going to call it the MCU. They should just call it Yarnborn or whatever it was. Yarnbjorn. Give him Yarnbjorn. Fuck it. Give him Yarnbjorn. Um, yeah. or just give him the cool ass weapon that he gets in this, which I yes. think does not get enough conversation. Uh, Ooh, it absolutely does not, even though it ever. is absolutely okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I already talked about how bad this costume is. However, I have already pre-ordered the diamond the Slug figure <laughs> of this beta ray bill and he will be getting the twilight sword because there are just simply not enough beta ray bill action figures out there. Oh, bro. I wasn't even talking about the twilight sword. I was talking about something else. Okay, heard. We're gonna answer that. It's dope as hell. You're right. (laughs) Absolutely. So basically, Beta Ray Bill is rallying the charge, rallying Asgard because they know something's coming. But what they don't realize is that it's Fin Fang Foom. Nullify. It's already there, biatch. (laughs) And he is missing his purple pants, so you know he's serious. Oh yeah. (laughs) Do you? It is very strategically shadowed, which yeah. I appreciate. Yeah, because uh-huh. he's got a micropeen. You know, <laughs> performance enhancers, you know, getting nullified, it's not worth it. That's One in five. You, know, you, you, can, you, you yeah. can get nullified, it, it'll help you in the gym, but it's not going to help you in your day to day. In your love life. You know, that's what point. happens with steroids. That's, that's what happens. It's just like you get Mardi Gras head and raisinets, basically, is what you like. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. Oh, it's going to happen. Um, but that's why you get a For Hims subscription. For Hims is a wonderful <laughs> service. <laughs> Excellent segue. Our first sponsor on the main podcast. For Hims. 
all of our sponsors were forcing to sponsor us. Yeah, so exactly. keep telling people we're sponsored by point. them yeah. until they actually sponsor us. Hell yeah! Um, I mean, they should. Yeah. When they, they see should. the uptick in sales, they'll understand. They'll understand. They're like, we don't want to be Fin Fang Foom. <laughs> they're like why why are all these people using promo code finfang foom why is it 30 percent off their order promo why code rainbow th- bridge <laughs> <laughs> that's when you change it when you're catching on and everything promo code hard as uru jacob were you at all weirded out by the fact that the gate to asgard oh, is yeah. galactus's helmet uh oh i i completely didn't i was saying, it's a real I, quick thing it's I, a quick panel Donny Cage I, store run. yeah i completely missed that wow that is actually yeah, fantastic. hi thanos is dead uh, or not thanos uh, Black- uh galactus, galactus is dead Obviously. and they literally use like his his helm as the doorway to they took the Vlad the Impaler approach and said look (laughs) at what I have done come on in and have some dinner poor Galactus Galactus gets a really bad rap it's not fair what happens to him ever well Well, you know except when he was the life bringer because that was forced upon him as well and it actually worked out for everybody but that was for the better and yeah I I mean I mean, that's what happens when you're the devourer of worlds. I mean, you're gonna get a lot of shit like thrown it's, at you. It's, yeah, it's not his long. fault. He's a storm. He's a he's a cosmic entity. He he's just a piece of nature. And it's what do you do with fault. nature? You fucking destroy it. That's what the <laughs> human way is. That's it's exactly what this we is do. America. This is no. This is just uh, human beings. That's right. that's what it is. So we see that uh, Bill does bring in Scuttlebutt to rain down fire. Uh, I, I love this fight. I love this fight between Bill and uh, Fin Fang Foom. Wait a second, was I wrong? Because I'm looking at this page now and he does have the purple shorts where he grabs does Bill. He? Oh yeah, he does have them. He does have the, the purple shorts, he does have but they are noticeably now black shorts or and very dark purple shorts. Yeah. Oh, they are black, black on one yeah. page and dark on the other. They're nullified shorts. They're, They're nullified. nullified. <laughs> the shorts are the symbiote. The symbiote yeah. is specifically only around the shorts. <laughs> that's amazing. That's so funny. Yeah, that must be it. I can get behind Cannon. a symbiote that's like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, what, we, what's your name, dear symbiote? Well, on Clintar, they called me Meundies. underoos that's my name (laughs) my clintar name doesn't translate really well but i guess in your human tone it would be (laughs) me undies (laughs) it would be me undies.com promo code (laughs) (laughs) also sponsors this podcast me undies Uh, Uh, we didn't talk about the fact that this is technically a Yu-Gi-Oh crossover because there is a red eyes black dragon. Stop! <laughs> Stop it! He's blue. You son of a bitch! He's a black dragon. <laughs> oh no! And uh, you know, as we come to see, the conclusion of the story ends with a blue eyes white person named Thor <laughs> who comes down. <laughs> blue eyes white person. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 
<laughs> Tell me what I'm speaking lies. Um, so funny. <laughs> but Thor comes in at the last moment, shocks Null, and he is praised as the champion of Asgard, leaving Bill sucks. just laying there. Fucking he cucks sucks. Bill. He yeah. cucks Bill so hard. He absolutely does. And I just, I, I love it. It's just like, Tithor, the savior and protector of Asgard. And everyone's like, hurrah! Off in the distance, Bill is just like broken, just like laying on the ground. It sucks. Yeah. And so we see Thor living the life. And Bill, for the first time in the story, encounters Pip. Pip the troll. Our boy. There are a lot of really important ingredients to this book that make this book succeed very well. The first one is obviously Bill uh and the journey that bill goes on the second one is pip yeah uh and then we're gonna get to the third one pretty soon <laughs> and then the fourth one pretty soon and all four just make a perfect jambalaya baby <laughs> it's incredible that's oh, some boy. good gumbo baby it's some good gumbo baby uh <laughs> i love pip the troll in this book i've never really cared about pip the troll Did but this he... is the best take on him could you wait where where has he been in has he been in before this what yeah he was he... actually in uh 2021's eternals where he <laughs> totally who is incredible wait it's oh you mean actually in the uh oh in the mcu i thought man i thought like in like thor or like whatever previous oh so you're not familiar with the character like at no, all no i'm not I, oh okay no all right. oh, okay this, so, See, no. this is what happens when i commit to bits no. and i don't realize that it's <laughs> we're, not, we're not in a bitten bidding mood no. uh it's a good pip try pick the troll is a he's a cosmic character he he for a long time hung around with like uh adam warlock it would be like adam warlock pip and gamora would be like oh, with the fucking trio. they're 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 like infinity gauntlet bros um yeah, Pip the Trolls, he's 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 an old cosmic character. Jacob, you might be old enough to remember this. Do you remember the Silver Surfer cartoon from the yeah, 90s? Yeah, of course I. I'm a millennial. Of course I. I'm also old enough. Cartoon. No, I know. I just mean for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean for the listeners cuz you know, they're they're all Malcolm's always thinking about you, listener. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh so Pip the Troll was also in that cartoon. He was like Silver Surfer's buddy for a long time uh yeah he was oh yes. my god yeah okay yeah, yeah so that's so that's Pip the troll he hasn't really been around in continuity very much recently um but again i imagine he will be more so soon because you know very soon that's because of and tag in eternals <laughs> <laughs> um so this is the first time that pip kind of encounters bill and i i love the relationship that they have in this book Cause like to Pip, like Bill is like the dream. Yeah. He's like, I am a weird looking dude, but you know who else is a weird looking dude? Beta Ray Bill. Beta Ray and Bill. He's a hero. He plays puss like <laughs> all over the place, as we are about to see. Because uh, he ends up going in for a little uh, little drunken hookup with Sif, a little rekindling of the flame. Hi, we've already mentioned that we love Sif. Uh... I love that Sif has like a sexy time version of her, like a sexy like yes. cocktail dress version yes. of her usual yeah. costume. Of her usual... And she I keeps think the crown. So good, and she keeps the crown. I think that's so good. It's, it's <laughs> party time, Sif. It's yeah. It's, it's uh, party it's, you know, time. New Year's Eve, Sif. Yes, one hundred percent. I am surprised uh, we don't see more of this at Comic Cons. 
I, because, I am as well. Uh, well, now now it is now. <laughs> now Jacob is going to wear this to the next Comic-Con. Yeah, oh, yes, please, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> you mean so Mommy, they go, you're They welcome. go for their hookup, <laughs> but unfortunately, uh, their hookups always were predicated upon the fact that Bill could turn back into his uh, original form, the Noseless Wonder. And without Stormbreaker, he's unfortunately unable to do that. And we get the first, you know, heartbreaking sad boy moment where Sif doesn't want to say that she's not as attracted to him in this form, but we know. Mm -hmm. And there's this. It's it's such an interesting unspoken moment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because he basically says like, you know, because Stormbreaker's done, I can't like. I can't change back. And she just like pulls her knees up to her chest. She just goes, oh. And she's like, look, I'm sorry. And he looks at the mirror and he just goes, Sif, please, I understand. I am not blind. And he leaves heartbroken. And it's, oh, it hurts. It hurts so bad. It's really bad. Oh. And that, that goes into a perfect segue of like a flashback. I think yeah. the flashbacks are really well handled in this so book. Good. Yeah. Like they're they're implemented like emotional bombs, like yeah. <laughs> just surgically placed everywhere. It, ugh. And the flashbacks do a great job of if you are not familiar with this character, giving you enough backstory to know like the bullet points of him. Yeah. Right. So exactly. you know about the threat to his planet, you know that he is basically being drafted into the secret government uh super soldier program and he's like a kid he's like maybe like 18 when this happens yeah and there's this flashback specifically is like is it gonna hurt and everyone's like yeah dude it's gonna hurt a lot but hey constellation prize we got you a buddy and this is where we're like introduced to scuttlebutt and so we see Bill going off to leave and we get this great moment with him and Thor because Thor's like Thor is in prime fuckboy Thor mode. He's just like, no. yo, Bill, where are you going, my dude? And He's like, what's wrong, guy? Like, yeah. party. What's your damage, bro? Wasted, bro. Bro, there are so many women and like so few of us, like literally dude. you and me. Dude, what are we doing? Let's Shut tear up. it up, dude. <laughs> and Bill's like, I have no interest in tearing it up, dude. And <laughs> that was an angry Lawrence Fishboard right there. Yeah, he's angry. He's angry because he took the blue pill. Uh, yeah. So he's he basically is just like, look, dude, I am always second best to you. I rallied Asgard, and yet you got the credit for all of this it's just like every single time he's like and you're the person who broke my hammer i can't even like do what i want and be myself and he's like i need to go like i need to find odin i need him to reforge the hammer like i need out of here and then he hits us with that line i'm gonna make myself beautiful again before he leaves and it's just oh god and Pepper throughout this, and we get the first kind of inklings in this issue, is the um, is Pam, the film, or I'm sorry, Hook, 
Pan is a different movie. Thank you. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, whoa. Uh, that features. Uh, yes. Yes. The critically acclaimed Pan. Pan. Uh, <laughs> the movie Hook that featured um, Robin Williams as Peter Pan, and it's very interesting to me because Daniel Warren Johnson has talked about how he kind of views Beta Ray Bill as Rufio. Yeah. He's he's the one ah. who kept the Lost Boys together. He's the one that kept them strong throughout the years. And then the moment that uh, Peter comes back, he's just kind of second in command again. Mm-hmm. And that was really fascinating to me. And I've always loved that viewpoint on the character. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting because I think that makes a lot of sense. I yeah. think that's that's a really good take. But I also think it's interesting that this book kind of puts him in the place of Peter a little right. bit. Right. You're not wrong. Yeah. Like this this book takes Rufio and puts Rufio through a Peter journey, which is kind of awesome. Uh yeah. I mean, down to you even get the there you are, Peter moment, you know, like yeah. which oh. fucking perfect. Oh. Like it, it's it's really interesting that you know, he sees him as Rufio and decides to give Rufio the real character arc here, which is yeah. cool. And Rufio. so Rufio. And so we see in the second chapter, first off, let's talk about Scuttlebutt for a second. Daniel Warren Johnson takes the time to map out the entire ship. I love when he does this kind of shit. It's really good. There's a lot of great little things in there. I mean, Daniel Warren Johnson himself in there. Uh, yeah. Right, right <laughs> in the front of the uh, bottom section. Yeah. Well, I, love, studio. I love the editor of that. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, I love the bottom editorial there. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> All these people are just on the ship. Like, what yeah. the hell? Like, yeah. Murder are... Falcon's on the ship, too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Mikey, was that the kid's name? I think so. Yeah. And yeah. It's, who's, it's fascinating. Who's like, Who's like uh, in the, the 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 band room playing the guitar and everything like oh, that? Oh, that's there's, that's there's Mikey Murder Falcon. That's yeah. Okay. That's okay. you should read Murder Falcon, Jacob. I think you might like that. that if you like already, this, you might like Murder Falcon. I, yeah. I already love the name. Um, and so as he's going, because he yeah. gets a like basically an intruder alarm, and he goes to find Carl Urban <laughs> sitting in sitting in his mess hall. And now we get the paprika in the fucking. This is. Gobo. This is the, the best take on Executioner. Best take on Executioner. Because this it's is just the Carl Urban. Only take. It's Carl Urban, but like yeah. it's it's specifically like, oh, Executioner is like your Texan uncle. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> your yes. awesome Texan uncle who comes nope. around and talks about his guns, but is very respectful to women. Yeah. Like, <laughs> my my yeah. favorite is he goes the, the liberal he, with a gun, basically. Yeah. 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 Basically, he goes, I thought you died. He's like, Yes, you are correct. I did die. I and died. <laughs> and he's like, but there was one problem with Valhalla. There are no guns no in gun. Valhalla. <laughs> like the way he says it to him, almost like, can you imagine? Like no Deathly guns. serious. Like, <laughs> he's like, swords, like he's knives, right. bows, staffs, but no guns. No guns. <laughs> like this is bullshit. <laughs> How He's can like, a heavenly place be heavenly without, without guns? guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's By the it's way, amazing. That phrase I feel is like every conservative uh worst fear. It's just basically going to heaven <laughs> and finding out that there is heaven no doesn't guns. have a gun. God there's dang no, it, there's no fire in range. Just, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so 
the two of them embrace uh scourge admits to peeking in on bill's life because he's bored and he's like look i'm here to help you buddy we're gonna i'm gonna get you a big honking weapon and i know just where to go easy there so they said i'm gonna be here what is the word? Ah, yes, a wingman. That's it. <laughs> He's just so enthusiastic about everything. He just wants to be a best friend. And, and I think it's so awesome. <laughs> and then he's so good at being a best friend because they go to this bar and this guy is being a total classic movie bar douche. Yep. And he calls him a horse face. And he's like, beat it before I and executioner open hand slaps this man slaps down to the floor. He's just, how dare you? And it conked my wingman you're talking about. <laughs> and then he gets conked by Negan for some for some reason with Lucille on the yeah, back. Oh, yeah, that is, yeah. that is straight up Negan. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> and so this bar fight happens. Um, and this is the first time that we get acquainted with how much Daniel Warren Johnson likes wrestling. Because uh -huh. this man, this incredible former wielder of stormbreaker beta ray bill hits this punk with a rainmaker that could shake the heavens <laughs> absolutely <laughs> incredible now jacob the rainmaker is the finishing move of kazuchika okada you know i watched wrestling wrestler. all throughout middle school right did you watch new japan yes don't you fucking lie to me. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Jacob, the Rainmaker is a character in the film Looper, who uh, also played future. by Kazuchika Okada, oh who God. kills <laughs> Bruce Willis with a clothesline in that film. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine seeing... That's the only thing that Looper's missing is more wrestling. <laughs> it's the only like... thing. Bruce Willis getting hit by a clothesline is the yeah. only thing that's missing from that movie. That'd be awesome. I thought you were going to mention that this was like a move that Nicolas Cage invented. And then I realized, nope, that's the Rain Man. Never mind. That's, that's the... the Rain Man. Yeah. No, that's Close. not the Rain Man. He's oh, not wait, the no. Rain Man. No, oh, wait. That, uh, that's Hoffman. That's, that's Hoffman. Hoffman, yeah. That's, that's Hoffman. That's Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, uh, Nicolas Cage is the Weather Man. That's ah, I was. see. There, Classic there mix up. There Classic mix up. Both there, films there. would have improved with some more pro wrestling. So, <laughs> yeah. listeners, if you don't listen to the Geeks Flame Book Club, this is exactly what it's like. Again, <laughs> this is basically your preview for the. You're basically this week getting two episodes of the Geeks Flame Book Club. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, we also see at one point, uh, Pip hits a tremendous looking sweet chin music. Uh, Jacob, yeah. sweet chin music is the finishing move of Shawn Michaels. Uh, also known as a super kick that is incredibly overused in modern wrestling. So wow. I thought it was just music for your chin. Uh, that yeah, as well. Is. So everyone is continuing the battle. Uh, Pip reveals that he witnessed the uh, argument between Bill and Thor and decided to follow. And then we are greeted by Odin, who has given himself basically the the Jason Aaron cut, close cropped with a yep. big bushy beard. Mm -hmm. Yep. And yep. he is, he's in retirement. He's brewing his own ale. He's hanging out in bars. Honestly, I love this for Odin. I love this, this for him like, too. This, this is a great take on Odin. The only thing better would be to trap his soul eternally in Mjolnir. It's the only thing that's really missing from the story. <laughs> Spoilers for Donny Cates' Thor run. So, oh um, 
Uh, so basically Bill has come to Odin because he's like, you need to build it. You need to rebuild my hammer. And Odin's basically like, look, I can't. I can't do that. He's like, that's, you know, the magic that was imbued in Stormbreaker. Now I remember why it wouldn't make sense. The magic that was imbued in Stormbreaker was magic given to it by Odin. And Odin doesn't have that since he gave essentially the Odin force to Thor. Here's the problem is that Thor is being a fucking dick because Thor can just do it. Agreed. Thor can just do it. What and the I'm hell? I'm not going to lie to you. Again, no disrespect to any writers here. Jason Aaron's Thor would have done it. Jason Aaron's Thor would have <laughs> fucking done it. Uh, okay. Immediately. Yeah. Thor's just being a dick for no reason. So basically, he's like, there's got to be another way. Come on. I have never, at- and I, I love this. I'm, I'm just going to read it. He's like, Spare me the platitudes, all father. I have been fighting by your and your son's sides for years. Never have I asked you for anything. And now, after your own kin destroys what is most precious to me, a gift you bestowed, you would send me away with nothing. Like, I love how he just does not give a shit about ceremony. He's like, no. It's like, I have been your punching bag for years. Yeah, I was your pawn. Like, (laughs) give me something. And then Odin tells him of the Twilight Sword, the Twilight Blade of the Demon Fire God Surtur. And he's like, that has the kind of magic you're looking for. Surtur, who destroyed Beta Ray Bill's planet. Surtur, yeah. who is the reason that Beta Ray Bill became Beta Ray Bill. Bill. It's a Surtur, who brought about theming. Ragnarok. Oh, exactly. Surtur, who brought about the Ragnarok. So Odin basically says, look, that's you know that blade would have the kind of magic that would allow you to do what you're asking but going to that realm is suicide it's in the deepest level of muspelheim it's gonna be a terrible journey and then the next page they're already on their way yeah bill does not give a fuck um and also reverts to his best costume yeah yes yes Yes. I so love good. the gigantic shoulder pads. The giant uh, shoulder pads are great. sick, bro. It's so, so sick. good. Plus, he's got gloves, and we're a gloves podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is I, one thing you know about us. We love our gloves. We love our gloves. The only thing that would be better is if they were fingerless. Oh, that'd be um, cool. No, it's the one thing, cool. the one thing to fix it. You know what Beta Ray Bill should be wearing? He should be wearing what uh, Chris Hemsworth Thor wears. Yes, the uh, No, like he should be wearing like the Ravager costume with oh, like the vest I've... and everything. No. That'd be sick, dude. Oh, no. the furry, the furry like coat and stuff. Is that no, right? no, like no, he's like talking the about the red vest, vest. And, the, and like the sleeveless shirt. Like he should totally be wearing that. That'd be sick. Oh, oh. I've, I've, I have would prefer that no one ever do anything to refer to that film personally. <laughs> You know, it's funny because looking at that gold arm, that really is a Beta Ray Bill look. I hadn't thought about it, but that, that might be why I like it. That's a Beta That's Ray Bill. Look. I thought you were going to Meanwhile, go back the... on Scuttlebutt, oh, right. we see. <laughs> <laughs> um, We've upset him. <laughs> you have upset me. And we see that uh, Bill, <laughs> Bill's having a tough time because it's like, look, I. 
I just want to be the perfect version of myself again. And I will go into the depths of hell to make that happen. Um, and I, I love that Pip does not like, you can tell that Pip is not on board with this. He does not like this plan. He, he thinks Bill's just as perfect without it, but which is the theme of the whole story. It's like self-acceptance is a hard road to travel and Bill does, he can't see the forest through the trees. He can't see that someone admires him for who he is. He just wants to be who he wants to be. And so they dive into this portal or they go to dive into this portal and we see the most Jack Kirby looking motherfuckers. I mean, this portal to Muspelheim. If Jack Kirby made like a space samurai, it'd be this dude. It would be this dude. It's fucking cool. (laughs) Do you guys remember there was this I don't remember what it was called. There was this anime. It was like all samurais. Like it was basically like Power Rangers, but they turned into samurai warriors. Uh, it was like a I know late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, it was. It was like in that. Yeah, it was like in that nineties period. Cause it wasn't a it part was, of like the Saban yeah, boom. But they were like yeah, all different colors, and they turned yeah. into like samurai. Listener, if you know what I'm talking about, fill us in at Geek Explained Pod on yeah. Twitter. Tell me what nice this though. is because that's gonna bother me. Because it was right when they were like, oh, let's do everything as Power Rangers, but it's yeah. this. Like, oh, you get yes. Mystic Knights of Tiernanog, which is Power Rangers, but exactly. Irish mythology. <laughs> and you have something like Saint Seiya, which is not what I'm talking about. Which is, Saint yeah. Saint Seiya was something different. I'm, this yeah. was specifically a samurai thing. I can't, either way. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Right? It sounds familiar, yes. Yeah. Listeners, yeah. let us know. We're not going to look it up. You have to let us know. So... Yeah, well, I I love they they basically the uh, the samurai guards are like look if you return with any of the blackness that you might which is a little offensive they're like if you return with that blackness <laughs> you will be confronted by us and taste our steel classic cop mentality and they mm-hmm. ask do you understand us Corbinite Bill puts his helmet on and just says my name is Bill Beta Ray Bill stand aside. Beta Ray Bill rules. Beta Ray Bill rules. So good in this. And he tells uh, he tells Scourge and Pip, he's like, look, you don't got to go with me on this, right? And Pip finally gives the reason why he's been following him. He says, you know, do you think you're the only one in this universe that hates who they are on the outside? I'm a troll. The definition of repulsive. You desire to love yourself and so do I. So until I know how to do that, I've decided to follow you. I love it. I, I love, love these characters. Yeah. He's a kinship. And so they decide to dive into the pits of hell and find themselves going through some changes, but not as much changes as the uh, ship itself. Changes. Changes. And we see a figure emerge from inside the ship and into the cockpit, and it's Scuttlebutt in a brand new robot form we scuttlebutt, now... more like fat butt mm. yeah scuttlebutt's a sexy ass lady now i love it listeners <laughs> who don't listen to the geek explain podcast we have now entered into under the belt which is a podcast within a podcast <laughs> where malcolm simps for anything and everything oh my god scuttlebutt is super hot bro look at uh, it and you know what this reminds me did you guys watch the green lantern animated series 
Yes. It's Aya. Oh, yeah. Aya, Aya. Aya. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shit. Yeah. 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 It's exactly Very right. Cool. Also, a hot lady. Chapter three, we yeah. see. Uh, <laughs> this is my favorite, like, uh, like cover by the, the way. The cover's so good. I love Bill this just trying so to rebuild Stormbreaker with super glue. With the crazy glue, yeah. yeah specifically the crazy <laughs> glue brand. That's so funny. Like, I love that. So is good. he's gone through like but it's at also least incredibly sad. Tubes. <laughs> yeah, he's got all the empty tubes there. Like, got a cup of coffee. <laughs> Anyone who does crafts or makes your own cosplay, you know what this is like. This is really? so relatable. I yeah. I love this cover. I love it. This is like it should have been the one. cover of the trade paperback. Agreed. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. That'd be so funny. Uh, everyone's basically trying to figure out how to handle this, but they don't have time because they are beset upon by fire demons. Who are like real Power Rangers and saying their tagline of fire forever. Fire forever. Fire forever. Um, and they are basic i love how they're they're very much still like very bug-like like in the uh Aaron run but they've mm -hmm. morphed a little bit they're anyway. they're more like the war boys in uh in mad max fury yep. road like yeah for the blaze yeah they they absolutely have that mentality of the war witness boys. me yeah <laughs> yeah exactly. i live i die i live again, I live again. <laughs> yeah that's war boys which is kind of cool. And so we see as the war boys start attacking the ship, Bill sends Scourge and Pip to the guns. Millennium and Falcon style. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Does anybody hear that? Dun, 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 it's, dun, 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 dun. It's like, I got the, one. The thing is, yeah, like, don't get cocky. Don't get penis <laughs> <laughs> That's the funniest joke in that whole special. It's, it's, it's so it's, funny. That it, I say that all the time. Like, don't, get <laughs> don't get penis kid. Don't get penis And so at a certain point, unfortunately, there are too many uh, war boys and they begin destroying the ship. Scuttlebutt, however, has a plan and she is able to very quickly alter the ship so that it turns into a submarine. So cool. It's so really, neat. really cool. <laughs> Form sploosh. <laughs> yeah. It that is interesting that this transform. Form. Form. Oh yeah, the transform. <laughs> I I love active onomatopoeia in my comics. So oh, yeah. I love oh, yeah. this shit. This this book is dripping a lot of that. That's what's kind of like amazing about it. And, oh, and yeah. the, it's very much working the onomatopoeia into the uh, uh, the artwork very much like uh, reminds me a lot of like Spy into the Spider Verse. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, very much uh, the Miles Morales. Yeah. Or a a uh, a book that we talked about recently in another creator interview, Crowded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Use that all the time. Very much like that. Yes. Uh, we get a quick little scene that I really love: the ping pong match between oh my uh, God. Bill and Scuttlebutt. <laughs> I mean, okay. Sorry, we're going back to Under the Belt. No, go uh, for it. Go for it. This is like the horniest scene. <laughs> this is really horny. It's very like erotic, like the volleyball scene in Top Gun. It's very it's, suggestive, yeah. You know, uh, uh, Scuttlebutt comes to Bill and says, hey, listen, I, I know what you need. Like, I know, you know, I have an idea that might break the ice a little bit. And they play, they play ping pong. Uh, and they play hard. And it's hot. <laughs> That's all. It's a hot scene. <laughs> And so 
they're able to bill's able to get out some of his aggression and the two of them come together and they're basically like look we need to figure this out and he's like look he says i i had some problems and when i came to asgard i became a version of myself you know the real version of myself and scuttlebutt's like that's not a bad thing like you can like if this is who you are this is who you are and scuttlebutt just like the other two companions that bill has accepts bill for who he is not for this idealized version of she accepts him the most yeah yeah because she's seen him from beginning to now everything exactly i love that and she decides to show him look i've got the omnibus collection of your life (laughs) (laughs) i bought every one of your single issues everyone's (laughs) trades every one of your omnibus like even the second and third printings yeah (laughs) i've got all the different covers you don't understand i'm a fan bro i'm a fan (laughs) i'm a fan and she's like i also made you something and she splits apart to reveal a polycarbon nanite steel axe it's kratos's axe it's kratos's it's just kratos's axe it's just kratos's right down axe. to oh, the actual man. shape of it and i love it it's so sick it's so beautiful and he's oh. he thanks her for it and basically he's got he's got kratos's axe for a good chunk of time and then they get this little alarm that more stuff's coming and then fucking scourge is like look i found guns <laughs> and he's so happy he arms pip. so awesome it's so great <laughs> he arms pip as the uh as the war boys show up in their war boats and they start just gunning these poor kids down and at a certain point, we see some of the Warboys make their way with a ejector chair. Love on it. Their I ships. mean, again, they're just Warboys. It's, it's true. Yeah, the thing from Mad Max Fury. But they've got yeah. like the spring and everything. It's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the spring. <laughs> the Looney Tunes spring. <laughs> and we see Bill cleaving people in half with his new axe. He is very familiar. And at a certain point, this giant spider-looking thing straight out of Stranger Things comes out of the lava. It's, is about it's the Cloverfield them. monster. It's, 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 it's mm, not quite, because the Cloverfield <laughs> monster it's actually like, looks very different to this. It's more of a grayish color. That's, um, you know what? The, well, this looks kind of gray. I was yeah, going to say, but, this, is, this is a combination the of the Stranger away Things. From the light that the, goes. This is kind of like a the tripods from War of the Worlds and and Stranger Things kind of combined, you know. Like yes. yeah, yeah, yeah I would say so. I that's would say fair. so. Yeah, but then we get to see the coolest thing about Bill's axe. Hell, he hits yes. a button and then launches it, and it looks like it has like an exhaust port. Yeah, with this blue smoke, the axe cleaves so this cool. thing in two, stops, reverses, and comes back to Bill's hand. It's everything this I is, wanted, and and I'm literally scourge. I love yeah. that. Scourge like so, so beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it's so That's good. Me. This is the coolest weapon I've ever seen in the comic. <laughs> yeah, this is so sick. It is like, really cool. Like fuck the Twilight Blade. Fuck the Twilight Blade. Yeah, like Dude, where are we going? Girlfriend just gave you a cool ass axe. <laughs> exactly, and it's like, well, we should leave. We should just leave. Like, I'm let's good just now. go. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what were we doing again? I forgot. Anyway. 
And so they they realize they are right over the portal into the lower level of Muspelheim. So they dive, dive, dive into the lava. And they are just able to make it through into the inky blackness of the next level of Muspelheim. And I hate this this last page. Listeners, uh, if you know anything about me, you know that I don't fuck with spiders. And <laughs> this is just not not my not my thing, my dudes. Mm-hmm. But it brings us to chapter four, where we get this horrifying, just body horror scene of Bill in his original Corbinite form, violently turning into his Beta Ray Bill form. Ooh. I've had a dream like this. I, 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 yep. I uh-huh. this, this hit me really hard because I, I, I like, I vividly remember having a dream like this and it was a horrible fever dream. Like it was when I got sick one time, uh, uh, actually it was when I got COVID. It was oh. uh, it, like this, this happened where I just like found myself in inky blank blackness listeners and just find a mirror and you see yourself in the mirror and you're like oh yeah that's me and you go up to it and then all of a sudden your just face just starts melting and just oh, turning in and like and just just yeah oh my god it was yeah. i i remember seeing this so sorry i just had to no no you're personal good moment. no it's terrifying, it's so terrifying. Yeah, it is. It's this book really got to me when i when it got to this point in the book yeah and so bill wakes up being freed from whatever this uh whatever this plant thing is this uh this black mercy straight out of uh <laughs> nice for the man cool. who has everything hell yeah yeah uh scuttlebutt is like i am a robot i don't have dreams like this so i was able to free myself very quickly let's go find everybody else and so we see that the, the ship is entangled in this giant octopus plant million eyes thing straight out of eldritch horror yep yeah and so they are they realize like look it's an infection right so we are still going to be dealing with the effects of this no matter what you see you can't trust it bill ends up going through a door and is confronted by the scene where he faced off with thor for the first time still in his old school Corbinite armor and Attack he armor. hits yeah. this man with a picture perfect German suplex with the greatest line exchange that I've ever seen in the Thor comic where Thor goes, will you yield warrior? Beta Ray Bill headbutts him, swings around, German suplexes him with only in death. Bam. I love this book. So I love good. this book so much. This book is sick. Uh, they make their way through another door and they are uh, Scuttlebutt's trying to find where everybody else is and we find out that the reason that it is able to replicate Thor or not Thor's Beta Ray Bill's uh, memory so well is because its main infection point is the records room with all of his memories stored inside and Bill realizing this, he's like, I really don't want to go through some of these memories. I'm not like, it's like I'm actually not vibing with this, bro. Yeah, he's like, I'd like to opt out of this experience. Like, impossible. Why 
don't you go ahead? I'll uh, I'm gonna check things yeah. here. You know, I'm gonna nah, be a I'm guy. Cool. I'm, I'm it's good. Like, here. It's like the player trying to be an NPC and be yeah. like, yeah, you should go. <laughs> I'm gonna skip this one. Yeah. That's exactly. I'm gonna yeah. skip this quest. Why don't I guide you? I can watch the map. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. But Scuttlebutt grabs his hand. And she's like, "Come on, the only way is forward." And we get this horrifying scene. This is the dream that I've had. Same. I've had this dream a lot. Where we see Bill getting operated on and turned into his Beta Ray Bill form. It's, it's the panel of them digging out like the side of his face. Yeah, and stretching it and it's stretching it. It's it, the yeah. hooks it's that the hooks get me. All over yes. God. It's, that is some Hellraiser shit that I just don't like. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they go to the next room and see the memory of Bill seeing his new Beta Ray face for the first time. He has his Jack Nicholson Joker moment of Bob Except there's Mirror. no laughing. Yeah. So there's no mirror. Yeah, there's no laughing. He's he's this is what began his sad boy hours. Yeah. Yeah. This is an origin of sadness. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Origin of, of sadness. Beta Ray Bill, it, an origin of sadness. The wow. true story. Uh, we go into the next room and we see Bill and his last conversation with his mother where she's like, look, she says, I will always love you no matter what you look like. I can see inside you, you are a strong warrior. You have, you have laid your body down for your people and your family, but I can also see your broken heart and my heart breaks with you as well. And then he's taken away because it's time. And Bill the- in this scene is literally dressed like Morpheus in the rave scene. Yes. Yes. It's literally the same costume. It's the exact same costume. I had to point it out. It's been driving me crazy. Since <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> and the page turn reveal for this is haunting. Because they're like, Beta Ray Bill, it's time. And we he is here. And we see a shadow begin to cast over the frame. And the next panel is just a fist with a sword cleaving through a fleet through the sky yeah surter is his big boss surter is his ptsd dream uh-huh. like it's this his is... galactus basically. exactly yeah it ended galactus. his world and everything he loved and it's oh my god it's incredible it's absolutely incredible um it's haunting it is ah oh, man it, it it's a great great page i would buy this art if i, I ever yeah upon it yeah because it yeah. says so much in this oh, just this gosh. moment yeah um and we see scuttlebutt escaping and we see the basically a compilation of the uh of the scenes that we've seen they cut co- they finally come into the room that is housing the source of the infection and bill is able to cleave this thing in half and he goes a little further than that, too, because he has basically faced down his trauma. He's gone through his dark night of the soul. Yeah. And is able to free the ship from this creature. Ship crashes. Uh, everyone is freed. Bill steps out and sees the Twilight Blade. It's like right there. It's like, right what? There. And it it's is right there, gigantic. It? It's the size of a building. Yeah, this is. I think this is. This issue is the best issue of this run. Yeah, but this yeah. moment, is the best moment. Yeah, him this, getting this. I mean, this page too. I would buy in a heartbeat. Holy shit! Just right. him standing like this is. 
this is like the cover of Final Fantasy VII. Fucking clouds yes. standing Ooh, outside. I mean, it's the same exact the reactor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's the same exact like scale and everything. It's like, I love this. I love this so much. Um, and before he goes to grab it, Scuttlebutt <laughs> said, like apologizes. She's like, I shouldn't have. You know, I didn't know how to comfort you. And she, oh god, ah. This is the this is the best part of the whole of the whole run. Yeah. Is this this page. She says, Your mom was right, you know. I can see inside you. You're radiant. And you never needed a hammer or a sword to prove it. And this is this is the moment. This is the flashpoint moment for him where he decides his own worth. And unfortunately, like many people who struggle with that he chooses to press on because he doesn't see the worth that everyone else sees in him. I don't think you really see that in stories very often. No. Of your hero doing that. Like it's it's very it's a very easy trope to have that moment of like no like you're amazing. You're great. You're the best. And then the character to realize like you know what? I am the best and I don't need this thing. For him to specifically like I I love the the panel progression of her having her hands on his face. And he grabs her arms and pulls them off. And not only that, he pulls them off to reach for the sword. To reach for the sword. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To move her aside, basically. (laughs) He's like, I I wish I could believe that. But I've never felt that inside. I wish I could see it, but I can't. I have to forge it the only way I know how. And he reaches for the sword. And it's, I mean, it's it's, it's fucking beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's, it's relatable, too. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. there have been so many moments where it's like, I wish I could see what other people saw in me. Mm-hmm. And like, that's, that's the trouble with like, with having those thoughts, you know, self-doubt, having self, self-doubt, depression, like uh, all of these things. And I remember I fucking cried so many times reading this book issue by issue. Um, <laughs> Cause Beta Ray Bill was, and I, I'd never been like especially tied to Beta Ray Bill as a character. I always thought he was a cool character. I always loved anytime he popped up. But this was the story that made me like love this character. Yeah. And it's in this moment that it's like, yeah, obviously I would make the same choice. Yeah. If That's put in that thing. position. I, yeah. And it's sad, but it's also like it makes this story sing in a way that I don't think it would have if he had just been like, you know what, you're right. I don't need this. And they just leave. So he goes to reach for it and it suddenly blows him backwards as he is faced with his final test. As a voice booms, Twilight demands a warrior worthy of its omnipotence. Clancy Brown screaming. It's it's Clancy Brown. Oh, I, yeah. And you, Beta Ray Bill, will do so perfectly. Yeah. Like, Surtur rising out of the ground. Friggin' awesome. Oh, and then we get design in this last so page good. is like yeah. is beautiful i love the fire coming off of him it's just i mean it's it's the movie fire. design yeah 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 yeah, yeah but yeah, it works really well like it, it works perfectly with the big old crown and everything like it, it works perfectly mm-hmm. 
This is also when it gets very Jendi Tartakovsky. One hundred percent. Which I love. That yes, is it does. Yes, so when it gets very like, oh, this is uh, this is Samurai Jack versus Aku. Oh so people keep telling me to watch Primal, and I I yes. haven't yet, but I keep hearing, yeah. Jacob keeps telling me to watch Primal, yes. and I Jesus. haven't yet, but I'm going to. That is a uh, that that shows like an inspiration for a D and D character actually for me. Um, that that whole series was just like, oh, okay, I got you. Good for you. I'm glad you're still doing cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> and so in chapter five, our final chapter, it's basically just the battle between <laughs> Beta Ray Bill and Surtur. We've been building up to it for five issues, and now we get the the final battle. Um, we see that the other stuff like and that's what i kind of love about this um the other stuff that's going on around the marvel universe does impact this um cinder is still ruling muspelheim because surter is not worthy enough to rule it and that's why surter came down to get the twilight blade so both bill and surter are trying to find their self-worth and they believe equally that they will find their worth in this in this sword and i i love this the symmetry uh Surter is kicking the shit out of bill there's there's no other way to to word it yeah he's he's beating the shit out of him he's also like a skyscraper size so bill basically says like you want to fight let's fight like mortals and surter cannot pass up the challenge so he shrinks himself down to bill's level and bill immediately goes for a high kick (laughs) (laughs) that is a tommy oliver special yes yes Yes. going for a high kick to the face yeah and immediately scourge and pip come out of the ship bearing arms and they're like we're gonna gun this fucker down and i love this scourge is like all right we're gonna kill this thing uh scuttlebutt's like no 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 i need your help with something do you trust me and we see uh surter hits beta ray bill with a v trigger at one point uh jacob a v trigger is a special move (laughs) Uh, usually utilized by Kenny Omega, where he hits a flying knee to the face. Right. And as the fight continues, it just gets more and more desperate for Bill because he is an all-powerful, like, almighty uh, Corbinite super soldier. But, I mean, Surtur is like a god of fire. Like, this is... Yeah. Yeah, like, the force behind every, every, like, punch and kick for Surtur is just like a like a thunder wave spell basically yeah. just like counteracting to poor poor uh, bill here exactly. and i love them i love them harnessing that energy too like scut yeah. and scut and uh and scourge go to like set up like equipment on the ship that'll harness the energy from each of those hits to like power the ship which is a really cool idea, yeah. Yeah. idea. that's solving a problem while you know doing the main mission like that, that's really smart and I love that the framing of this, it's like, to continue on the D&D comparison, this is like a level 14 character trying to fight a level 20 character. Like, yes. You've got yeah. a shot at it. Yeah. You're incredibly strong. Yeah. But this thing is monumental. Yeah. And it's a great, um, it's a great parallel with the start of this story where mm-hmm. Bill was facing down a god that he, found, that 
he had trouble with and had to be saved. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's wonderful. Um, Surtur hits Bill with the sweet chin music from earlier. Remember that, Jacob? Remember? Yes. Great. Yes. Very good. Sweet um, chin music. And then. He- <laughs> If every time that happened, that was what happened, like in real life, that'd be awesome. Like, <laughs> no, I, I, ha- I did, wa- I did watch him wrestle his last match, and that did happen. I remember. Really, it was all hazy. It was all oh, hazy. That's kind of wonderful. Was, I was seventeen, and Sweet it's been a long time since I was seventeen, so my memory might not be what it is. But I, it's true, I don't know about you, but you're feeling twenty-two. Uh yeah, we'll say that. So. <laughs> Uh, we see that Surtur is uh, continuing to just beat on Bill. He even hits him with a Rainmaker as well. Oh, yeah, uh, remember uh, Rainmaker, Jacob, earlier? That's great. Yeah, yeah, I got so, <laughs> At a certain point, we see uh, he's about to strike a killing blow when Pip comes up just laying lead into him. With with what looks like one of the guns from Aliens. Yes. Yes. Okay. That looks like giving him the get away from him, you, you beast. <laughs> <laughs> gives him gives him the exact line and is just like firing away until Surtur comes up and impales Pip. Gives him the old Voltramite right through the straight up. Uh-huh. Straight up. He's yeah. like, hey. Did you watch Invincible on Amazon Prime? He's like, no, why? <laughs> like, Check it out. I think you'd enjoy it. <laughs> He's like, okay, thanks. And he hits a button and disappears, uh, <laughs> leaving his vest behind, which had a whole bunch of C4. And he blows off Surtur's arm. It's amazing. Incredible. I'm going to let you know, the first time I read this book, right, I didn't notice that he had the little teleport thing. So I thought he just bombed himself and died in that moment. I was heartbroken. And so we see the next uh, page. (sighs) Beta Ray Bill at the top of the building gives him just one of the most picture perfect tour of the islands. Picking this man up and impaling him straight down on a spire. This ends now. One of the greatest finishing maneuvers I've ever seen. It's incredible. One that you can't see in real life. Yeah. You can. Is that how you get the zombie arc? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes that's, sense. That was. A, <laughs> that was. That you know, sense. it was the early two thousands. I had a lot going on. It, it was a couple of years ago, dog. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're not right. Uh, so, uh, Beta Ray Bill thinks the battle is won until Surtur grows back to his giant size because he realizes he can't beat Bill. I love Surtur just being like, "This is fucking stupid. Why don't I let you goad me into that? Let's like, <laughs> just whoop your ass, dude!" Like, <laughs> and he just starts wailing on Bill until we get the little bing. There's enough power powering Scuttlebutt. She has turned the entire ship, and she goes. Scourge, I needed your skills. And we see that she has turned the ship into a giant gun. For With Scourge one little use. handle. With one little handle and a trigger. Little, little Colt 45 handle. Little Colt 45 handle. <laughs> yeah. And we see the one tear 
from Scourge. He's got the Denzel Washington tear as he sees the yeah. most beautiful gun he's ever seen in all of existence. <laughs> and he goes, thank you, Scuttlebutt. <laughs> she says, don't thank me, just shoot the fire demon. And he pulls the trigger and we get this like Akira looking just blast. This is the page you buy. Yeah. yeah, you're not wrong. This is the one. Look at that. That giant chunk. That's just sick. hairs through him. Yeah, it's incredible. And it illustrates the the difference between Surtur and Bill. Surtur has only ever relied on his own strength, and that's caused him to lay waste to everything that he touches. Bill relies on his friends. And so Surtur falls. Bill grabs the Twilight Sword and claims it. And he lops off Surtur's head, saying, that was for my home. And then he reverts to his original Corbinite form, saying, this is for me. Oh, awesome. I love it. So awesome. So cool. We see uh, the aftermath that uh, Pip is in critical condition, but he is alive. And they believe he's going to make it. And I love this moment where Scourge is just like, you know, I'm not surprised that Troll is made of some thick hide. I was never worried. As he's touching the glass. Just, oh, oh, I love it. So good. And so... Uh, Scuttlebutt basically says, look, uh, my remaining power is going to his recovery. We're going to, I mean, I'm not sure how we're going to get a, and then all of a sudden we see the Valkyries arrive, which put this in a very interesting place because this is post King and Black. The return of the Valkyries has happened. Mm -hmm. um, And these Valkyries are from Valhalla Mm -hmm. to take Scourge back. And we see that the Valkyries basically tow Scuttlebutt back out into space. Yeah. Oh, that's so much. That's so and uh, Scourge and Bill have this last exchange where he's, you know, Scourge, they went on this journey together and he's sad that he has to leave him. And he basically says, you know, I thank you for your help. You've been an incredible companion on my travels. And Scourge is like, and Wingman, and Wingman, don't forget it. <laughs> and they have finally made their destination and scourge says well i guess this is it watch over pip for me okay they give they have this incredible hug that you that i can feel you can feel that hug i think that's the best drawn hug in comics it might be you can feel that it's on a small panel too absolutely uh it's like it's like that and then the hug from dc rebirth number one between Barry oh my Ollie. god oh jesus i could cry the, the two best hugs in comics <laughs> the two best hugs in comics you're right and then scourge gets up onto the uh onto the valkyrie's horse and there's like this is like classic ending montage as the music is starting to play scourge waving goodbye over his shoulder like this is when the lincoln park kicks in no. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut back. We cut back to Bill with the Twilight Sword, now in his armory of weapons. As we continue on with the uh, the viewing party of Hook. And we finally get to the moment where it's... So if any of you says this here scug ain't Peter Pan, cross the line. 
and then we see i don't remember his name but yeah i don't remember the steps over the line comes up to robin williams takes his glasses off and kind of looks at his face and says oh there you are peter it's the best moment in that Mm -hmm. movie as scuttlebutt places her hand on bills and leans on his shoulder i ah yeah and we get the final page which is this this book could have ended here and it would have been a happier ending yeah and then we get the last page i that's the thing i i love the the last bite yeah where pip wakes up bill's there and he's like hey you did it you're back to your old self and he goes i'm happy for you bill you got what you wanted you're whole again and bill walks over to the mirror or the window he says you're right pip i couldn't be happier except now instead of seeing his corbinite form in every single reflective service that he's seen across the story he says his beta ray form and it's heartbreaking man. it's heartbreaking it's it's so hard it's so good but it also illustrates that there's no you know miracle cure to this kind of um these kind of feelings there's no instant fix to solve your depression or to you know fix your self-doubt mm-hmm. yeah and anybody who promises that like odin promised him mm-hmm. they're a shyster and a liar um yeah it's it's a heartbreaking ending to this story but it's also probably the most honest ending you could have had yeah um it's incredible this is like, yeah it's like an end credit scene that would would have happened like after that sweet moment basically they would just roll credits and then just slight and then just have yeah. this one middle moment right yeah. after the full credits actually just to punch you right in the dick yes absolutely. and it goes what i've done <laughs> face myself y'all remember transformers y'all remember the banger uh rest in peace Ch- chester bennington uh, he is dead. I couldn't remember yeah. if that was a thing or not. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right, a few yeah, years yeah. ago. Uh, yeah. Park was right. my favorite band growing up. If you that want makes to sense. understand again just how edgy I was in high school. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That makes sense. You're getting a lot yeah. of Eric uh, Lore. That makes a lot of sense. You're getting a lot of Eric Lore in this episode, which is uh, fitting for this finishing off my birthday month. Um, yeah. That was actually, uh, you can find that in. Uh, volume two issues 134 through 157 i believe um okay okay that's right before it, the, it, it, it might right be out of print relaunch yes that was before the relaunch okay. okay um it might be out of print now but uh just check with your local comic book shop specifically it's right it's on eric uh eric now yeah th- that that was right before eric now okay. um okay. specifically go into heroes and villains in tucson arizona and ask <laughs> Ask whoever's working there if they have that run. Okay, they have yes, that man. omnibus. <laughs> um, hey, but yeah, this this book uh, meant a lot to me when it came out. Um, I've been very open, I think, on the podcast talking about my mental health struggles and having books like this that address it in a way that I don't think they could have or would have been addressed. You know, when I was a kid. 
um, or even, I mean, when I started really getting into comics, like the early to mid two thousands, there weren't a whole lot of books on the stands that were like, let's talk about mental health. Um, this is a book that couldn't have been made before. And not just because the book was helmed from start to finish by Daniel Warren Johnson, who is a generational talent in comics. Um, it's incredible. It's a wonderful book. Um, do you guys have any final thoughts or a, or, and a, uh, favorite moment from this story? I'm going to go to Jacob first. Oh man. You know, um, the, um, this is a great, uh, book that slaps. Um, I'm going to just really say, honestly, my favorite moment is just the artwork of this whole book. Totally it's fair. really, absolutely um, I love this kind of style. This was so good in terms of everything that happens in it. Um, every moment, every uh, onomatopoeia moment, just uh, it just really is real done, real well done. Um, yeah. It gave me a lot of um, gave me like I wish this was like I wish this was where a run. I wish this would have spawned like a run for for recent. Yeah, that's kind of what it that's what kind of is upsetting about this whole book is just I need I need I got my Howard the Duck like kick out of like (laughs) what when I hoped and dream and like prayed for that someday and when Chip Sardesky came around it was just like oh my gosh I have to get everything of this book and uh and have to know everything like this give me this please uh Daniel Warren Johnson please get get together with Mike Spicer again and let's 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 do a year run come on let's let's see what you can do yeah I kind of hope that they come back and at least do like another mini series or make this like a series of mini series if we got one of these like every like two years I'd be really thrilled just like a Beta Ray Bill anthology or continue on with the story I think it'd be something really special because they just haven't they haven't continued anything from this no he's shown up like twice I think since and like in the background and that's and he's wearing his pre this series costume like yeah anyway uh malcolm your final thoughts favorite moment i love this book it's my favorite miniseries from last year i think it's the maybe the book i read last year that impacted me the most um you know just as far as uh personal view on self and just emotion tied to that this was the most relatable comic that I've ever read, maybe ever. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's a very it's a very relatable thing, and I I love it. It touched me really hard. Um, favorite moment? I mean, that fourth issue I think is all just perfect. Like yeah. it's, I I think that is a perfect single issue comic. Just Agreed. the way that it plays out, like it is. That's one of the best one shots I've ever read in my life. It's it's so good. Um, you could just read that. And just get the pure emotional core right there. But the the whole miniseries as a whole just it's it's stellar. It's stellar. It you know, it, it's it took a character I don't particularly care about and Pip the Troll and made me love that guy. Mm-hmm. It, you know, gave us the best version of a character who's always fun, but this version of Executioner is the only version I will ever see in my life. Um, (laughs) and it, you know, it gave me, it gave me the couple that I want to root for the most, which is Scott and Bill. I want that to happen. I, I, I love it. It's, it's a perfect book. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, it was tied with me for my favorite uh, miniseries from last year because Supergirl woman of tomorrow is just so good, Mm. but it's 
it impact just like you said it impacted me in a way that i wasn't expecting and i i love this book to death it's a wonderful character study it's a wonderful tour of forgotten thor stuff because like i mean nobody's diving into muspelheim or like dusting off executioner or pip the troll like it was a wonderful hodgepodge story that daniel warren johnson made sing uh, my favorite part was anytime pro wrestling was included because I am a mark. <laughs> Hell yeah, and baby. Yeah. I just, I love those touches. You don't see it very often, which is uh, unfortunate. But uh, for those of you who enjoyed this story and enjoy Daniel Warren Johnson, go read Do a Powerbomb. It's the greatest comic ever created. Just go read, read it. Bomb. It's so fun. There's only been a couple issues out. It's a yeah. limited series. Um. And I think that kind of speaks to why we haven't seen more from Daniel Warren Johnson. He tends to do just contained stories, but I would love to see him. I don't know how his, how his output works or what his scheduling is like, but I would love to see him do like a run, like a 25 issue run or something like that. Um, it's incredible. This is a generational comic from a generational talent. It's an in- instant classic. And I think it's going to be, it's going to stand the test of time for sure. But uh, that pretty much does it for this final Geek Explained Spotlight. Um, thank you guys for coming on the main podcast, making the journey from Friday to Wednesday with me. You might say it was quite a journey into mystery. Ooh, welcome back to this week's Comics Countdown. This is the segment of our show where I'll chat you up about all the comics you should be picking up this week, whether it's at your local comic book shop, a comicsology, or however you get your comics. These are the ones I think you should definitely take a look at. But before we get into this week's books, we got to take a look back at last week's books with the Geek Explain Pick of the Week of last week. And honestly, I mean, I wasn't surprised by this, but... I was just enchanted by it. It's Human Target. Tales of the Human Target, written by Tom King, with art by Kevin McGuire, Mikel Janine, and Raphael Albuquerque, and Greg Smallwood. It's just, it's incredible. Um, the Human Target stuff is amazing. I love the way that they wove together those three um, those three anthology stories. It's just, it's absolutely my shit. So I really enjoy it. Though I do want to give a quick shout to Avengers Forever number eight from last week, uh, written by Jason Aaron, now friend of the podcast, Jason Aaron, with art by Aaron Cuter, because it gave us the greatest Thor that you've ever seen. If you want to know what I'm talking about, go listen to our Jason Aaron uh, interview that we dropped last week as a surprise drop, or, you know, just go pick up the book yourself. The series is really, really good. So anyway, that's last week's books. This week, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight books for you to check out. And I'm going to just let you know, for me at least, this is a very big Marvel week. Uh, We've only got one DC book on the list. So let's talk about that. It is Superman War World Apocalypse number one. This is written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art by Will Conrad, Brandon Peterson, Medel Mendoncha, and Max Rayner. And this is the big conclusion for the uh, Superman on War World saga, the action comics 
extravaganza that took Clark away from Earth and to the uh, gladiatorial pits of Warworld. This is, if you have been wondering where Kal-El is, uh, also, of course, the stuff has taken place before Dark Crisis and all that, um, this is where he's been. I haven't been covering it as much because there are just so many books to cover from week to week, but this is a big turning point because this is going to uh, give way to the return of Kal-El coming up, I believe, next month, so... This is the stopgap for him before he gets into his next saga. So let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. It's all led to this. The final battle between Superman and Mongol. Between the Authority and Mongol's unmade champions. The identity of the Hooded Stranger has been revealed, uncovering a shocking betrayal that threatens to crush Superman's rebellion forever. But as the fate of Warworld relies on Superman, the last chance to return his powers now lies with, Nat- with Natasha and John Henry Irons. From the visionary creative team of Philip Kennedy Johnson, Brandon Peterson, and Will Conrad, Empires Fall and Rise, and the Fourth World is Reborn in this jaw-dropping final chapter. Yeah, so that's a lot. Lots happening in this. Like I said, this is the big finale to the Warworld saga. So uh, if you've been keeping up with that, or if you're interested to know where Cal has been, this is the place to do it. Next up, we have X-Force number 31. This is a Judgment Day tie-in written by Benjamin Percy with art by Robert Gill. And, I mean, it's Kraven versus the X-Men. Like, what more do I need to sell you on this? But let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis anyway. Kraven's Mutant Hunt. Mutants have staked their claim as the dominant species. That just means it's time for Kraven to prove once more he's the apex predator. Yeah, it's short, simple, sweet, to the point. I really, I love the concept of this. And Craven's been, Craven's been doing well for himself. Between this and Devil's Reign, he's he's doing pretty good. We're seeing a, a resurgence of Craven here. Next up, a brand new number one. This is Thunderbolts number one. This is written by Jim Zub with art by Sean Izakse. And this is a brand new Thunderbolts team, a heroic Thunderbolts team, which is odd and I'm still cautiously optimistic about this. I really enjoy Jim Zub. Um, he's great, and I will say as well, uh, Jim Zub's also a hell of a D&D player, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, we actually played D&D together uh, last year for the At Home Comic Con event, and he's it's just a super cool dude. So I am definitely picking this up. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. Like Lightning. New York City's finest are here to save the day. Hawkeye, Spectrum, America Chavez, Power Man, Persuasion, and Guts and Glory. You know them, you love them, they're the Thunderbolts! In the aftermath of Devil's Reign, the Big Apple has big problems, and it's up to a new group of Thunderbolts to turn things around. But when Clint Barton gets tasked with heading up this team and proving they can go toe-to-toe with anything the Marvel Universe can throw at them, the first opponent he's going to have to face is himself. So yeah, it's very it's a very interesting team, right? So we've got Hawkeye, Clint Barton. He's bounced around from team to team. He is a journeyman when it comes to this kind of thing. Uh, we've got America Chavez, obviously. Persuasion, the daughter of the Purple Man. Spectrum, who I am sure they are going to change over to Photon to line up with her new series that just got announced. Very, very exciting. Uh, we have a... 
I believe it's the same Power Man that we've had for a while. And then we've got this new character, Guts and Glory. Uh, I don't know anything about him. I believe he is created just for the series, but it's interesting for sure. And I really, I love Shani Zakse's art, so I'm going to be picking this up as well for friend of the podcast, Jim's Up. Next up, we have Ant-Man number two. This is written by Al Ewing with art by Tom Riley. And I really dug that first Ant-Man issue. I don't know about you. I thought it was really, really good. Uh, given us kind of an old school throwback to uh, Hank Pym. This one is now, according to the cover, going to give us some good old Eric O'Grady. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. Jumping forward in time, the Marvel Universe has been infiltrated by shape-shifting Skrulls posing as allies. Little does anyone know that a secret invasion is about to explode. But what does this have to do with this era's Ant-Man Eric O'Grady? Eric must retrieve important data from Scott Lang's helmet. The only problem is Scott Lang is dead. But what's a little grave robbing to someone who's irredeemable? The journey through Ant-Man's history continues. And I really like this, right? The the first issue with Hank Pym basically transported us back to the 60s into Hank's original adventures. And this one looks like it's going to be diving into, you know, the Secret Invasion era, which is a really great event, late 2000s, um, and, you know, with our irredeemable Ant-Man. So I'm very interested. I loved the first issue. I'm really looking forward to picking this next one up. Next up, we have Iron Fist number five. This is written by Eliza Wong with art by Michael YG. And I am very, very, I mean, I love this book. I love this book. I've been enjoying it. I am hoping that it's not just a limited series and that we get to see more of this version of Iron Fist because I love it. Uh, And Alyssa Wong and Michael YG are a hell of a team. So let's just go ahead and dive into the synopsis. The seal has been broken. As a dark god's power begins to rise, Lin Yi faces an impossible choice. Will the power of the Iron Fist finally accept him, and if even if it does, will it be enough? Yeah, I, I just, I love it. I love this. Uh, the, tr- the cover's also teasing maybe some Loki stuff? Who knows? We're going to see. I am very, very excited to pick this up. Next up, we have X-Men number 14. This is written by Jerry Duggan with art by Carlos Villa. And this is another uh, Judgment Day tie-in with just absolutely the hardest cover of this whole event so far. I love this. It's got Cyclops in chains, uh, chained up by the uh, Eternals with this uh, sack over his head, and you just see his eyes lighting up underneath it. It looks so cool. Judgment Day's been fantastic so far, and I'm very interested to see, to get more of Cyclops's uh, viewpoint on this. So let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. Was Cyclops right? Are any of the X-Men right? Only one can judge them, and the day of judgment is here, for good or ill. And the newest team of X-Men must face the truth about themselves and what they've done. 
Oh, so cool. Um, we are in the part of the Judgment Day where everyone's getting judged. So there's going to be a lot of like, oh, let's look into this person's past and what they've done. I'm interested to see how Cyclops is judged. This should be interesting. Next up, we have The Variance Number 3. This is written by Gail Simone with art by Phil Noto. Uh, this book rules. I mean, it rules. It's so good. The first two issues have been incredible. I love me some uh, Detective Noir, Jessica Jones. It's it's all good stuff. There's no bad here. It's all good stuff. So let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. Backed into an impossible corner, Jessica Jones is forced to make a sacrifice play that could cost her a member of her own family. Guest starring Jessica Jones... So all of the Jessicas are slowly coming into focus here. Uh, we've also got She-Hulk on the cover. This is going to be a good one. I cannot wait to pick this up. But the big book of the week, the book you should absolutely be picking up, is Amazing Fantasy number 1000. This is another big landmark Spider-Man book uh, written by a just murder's row of incredible talent jonathan hickman dan slot kurt busiak neil gaiman hoche anderson rainbow roll armando iannucci and anthony falcone with art by another great lineup also art by anthony falcone ryan stegman terry dodson giuseppe Camoncoli, marco cicetto jim chung uh olivier coapel goran parlov michael cho steve mcniven it's just Oh, it's a great lineup of writers and artists. I cannot wait to pick this up. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. The comic that brought you Spider-Man hits issue 1000. We're going big to celebrate in this our 1000th issue of Amazing Fantasy. An all-star roster of creators are coming together to celebrate Peter Parker and Spider-Man's birthdays. So yeah, this, you know, if, if you look too closely at the numbering, it gets a little suspect because I think someone actually did the numbers and there's no way we're even close to 1,000. But it's 60 years of Spider-Man. He just had the big uh, landmark issue. So they're, they're rolling out the red carpet for Spidey. He's their flagship, so I get it. But I'm very interested in this. I'm excited to see if this is just like a tribute issue or if they're going to be actually weaving together some of the current stuff going on. All I know is that some of these variant covers are freaking amazing. This Casada wraparound variant, chef's kiss. Very excited to pick this up. Uh, and yeah, that wraps up this week's comics countdown. To recap, we've got Superman War World Apocalypse number one. We've got X-Force number 31, Thunderbolts number one, Ant-Man number two, Iron Fist number five, X-Men number 14, The Variants number three, and Amazing Fantasy number 1000. Like I said, a big Marvel week. So if you are a Marvel fan, this is the week to hit up your local comic book shop. And that is going to bring us to the wrap-up. If this is your first time joining us on the Geeksplain podcast and you like what I do here, feel free to subscribe to the podcast on the platform of your choice. We drop new episodes every single Wednesday, and honestly, ratings, reviews, and especially subscriptions really do help me and the podcast out in this weird podcasting algorithm space, raises up our stock, and gets us out and into the orbit of listeners just like you. And if you give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever you want to call it, I will read your review here live on the podcast. You can write literally whatever you want. I will be forced to read it. If you give me those five stars, the sky is the limit. 
And you'll be able to join the likes of our Red 13, including Seafire ND, Josh from Panels to Pixels, Matt Draper, Burrito Man 88, Doug from For Every Kind of Geek, Don Swanson, That Guy Brian, Mouth Dork, Dallas Meeks, Amazing Spider Fan, A Lock and AZ, Sass, and Jedi Jesse 20. Want to say a huge thank you to these fine folks for their reviews, and I cannot wait to hear yours. If you want to be part of the Geeksplained mailbag, send your emails to geeksplained at gmail.com. Put mailbag in the subject header and I will read it on the show. If you want to keep up to date on the podcast, participate in polls that decide future episodes, or maybe you just want to shoot the shit with me on the latest geeky news, there's been a lot lately, uh, you can feel free to follow us on the socials, Instagram and Twitter, at Pod. that's at GeekSplainedPod. There's lots of stuff going on, we're going to be making announcements, we drop trailers sometimes for the episodes, so if you want to make sure you are getting all the up-to-date information and keeping up with our little show... uh, Uh, Make sure you follow us. Sure do appreciate it. And then finally... We've got the Geek Explained Book Club. Every single Friday, I, alongside my amazing friends, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Brian Michael Bendis's Ultimate Spider-Man. We just wrapped up the Days of Thunder, and if you haven't yet, if I didn't already mention it, and I'm sure I did... Go check out our interview with Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron, the writer of Thor, uh, the writer of so many other good books. Uh, We did an amazing interview with him. We dropped that last Friday as a secret surprise drop and as, you know, putting the button on our Days of Thunder series where we went through Jason Aaron's entire time on Thor. And this Friday, we are picking right back up where we left Earth 1610 with Ultimate Comics Spider-Man Volume 1. This is the relaunch of the series post-Ultimatum, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by David LaFuente. Let's dive into the synopsis. After the ultimatum wave killed many of New York's superheroes, Spider-Man finds himself strangely beloved by the city, and he deals with the villain Mysterio as well as personal problems with his new girlfriend. So yeah, this is going to be issues one through six, and I'm really excited. We had a ton of fun doing the Days of Thunder, but we also have been really enjoying this Bendis Ultimate Spider-Man run. I've never read it, so getting to go through this for the first time has been really enjoyable, and I'm interested to see what this new era uh, has in store for Ultimate Peter Parker. So that's going to be this Friday, Geeksplain Book Club, issues 1 through 6 of Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, a.k.a. Volume 1, The World According to Peter Parker. Uh, Join me, Malcolm, and Jacob, my co-hosts for this episode as well. If you enjoyed this episode, the Geeksplain Book Club is is more of the same and we'll see on friday be there or be square not a circle but that does it for this week's uh episode and that wraps up the month of august my birthday month has been incredible not in the ways that i expected but it was just it was amazing it was spectacular it was sensational you might say and i'm really excited to head off into september but that does raise the question what's happening in september as we close the door on august and open the next chapter of 2022 what's going on in september what's happening next week well dear listener 
I'm glad you asked. Because next week kicks off a series that I am calling Saturday Morning September, where every single week is dedicated to Batman the Animated Series. We are going to be celebrating the 30th anniversary of this show. That's right. I'm not the only thing turning 30 this year. I am the same age as Batman the Animated Series, and I will always take that with me. Next month, we're dedicating the entire month to Batman the Animated series covering the episodes covering the crew covering the films that are tied to this incredibly iconic show and i'm gonna be having some great guests next week to kick off the series covering season one as well as really the production that went into the show itself i'm gonna be joined by maddie washburn of the watchtower database youtube channel if you love their stuff maddie has a wealth of knowledge we had a great conversation i cannot wait to share that with you so tune in next week for the first installment of saturday morning september celebrating batman the animated series 30th anniversary with my special guest maddie washburn next week same geek time same geek channel but for now for the geek explain podcast i've been eric azana thank you so much for listening stay safe and we will see you next time what I do.